welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Going to switch it up a little bit in today's podcast, get into some football side of things, as Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South wrote a fantastic breakdown of the Arkansas Razorback quarterback situation with Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks. And when I mean a fantastic breakdown, I mean really wide-opening, eye-opening stuff. So uh, we're going to be joined by him, and we're going to talk about that. And, of course, if you want to read the article that he wrote, be sure to check it out at SaturdayDownSouth.com. So really looking forward to that. We're, of course, going to get into some nonsense. But today's a great day, folks. Today's a great day because the NCAA tournament has finally started. I know that the round of 68 technically started with a few play-in games, but I don't count those. I'm all about the actual NCAA tournament, the first round of 64 teams where there are 32 games being played. That, my friends, is the start of the NCAA tournament, and it is upon us. There's no better time, no more fun time than really watching the NCAA tournament because of this reason. Name me another sport where you get to watch it all day long, from morning till night, for four straight days. I, I mean, how, how much better does it get? And you have crazy upsets, you got crazy games, crazy matchups, crazy plays, crazy everything. It all happens in March Madness, and that's why it's called March Madness, because it's always madness. It's always chaotic. It's always where the unexpected becomes the expected, to steal a phrase from John Rothstein. But it's always a lot of fun. But it's always a lot more fun when your team is in it, which unfortunately for the Arkansas Razorbacks, they're not in the NCAA tournament. They're in the NIT, but it's not the same. And I don't think it ever will be the same. And it's funny, too, because if you just look at Arkansas's history, even the years where they were on top, the Eddie Sutton years, the Nolan Richardson years, all of that, there were times where they made it into the NIT. Times where they took a step back a little bit. I mean, even look at it from the perspective of after the uh, national championship, just a few years removed from that, in 97, Arkansas went to the NIT. And that was really during a time where Arkansas was on the top which makes you really think because you kind of forget about those years. You forget about those times where the team and the program took a little bit of a step back. But there was always a bounce back. There's always a bounce back. And when this gets brought up about the expectation that Razorback fans have for their basketball program, and they say that they want to get back to getting to the NCAA tournament on a consistent basis, people, I think, are confused by what that means. Because you could look at Mike Anderson's past four years and be like, well, three of the past four years he was in the NCAA tournament. For the past five, he was in postseason play because technically he made it to the NIT. There were years where under Nolan or under Eddie that you had those type of spots, those types of time periods where you didn't really make it to the next level. You, you didn't make it to the NCAA tournament and you struggled a little bit. There were times where that happened, so why is it any different now? Why are people wanting Mike Anderson gone or criticizing Mike Anderson, wanting him gone for where they're at right now? Well, it's very simple, folks. It's about postseason play, of course, but it's about how far you get into that postseason play. It gets to the point of how relevant are you? How relevant are you as a program? Yes, Arkansas, the previous two seasons, made the NCAA tournament. Yes, they even won a game. 
were really close to winning two against North Carolina just a mere two years ago. But they didn't. But they were a team that at least was getting to the tournament. But how relevant are you? Does anybody fear you? Does anybody respect you? Does anybody view you as a program and as a school that is always going to be a threat in the college basketball world? And the answer is no. At least not right now you're not. Now things can change. We all know that. A couple years here and there, a couple players here and there, maybe a new coach here or there. Things can change. Things can change on a dime. But it's really sad to watch March Madness in the NCAA tournament and see these programs that you feel like you're better than. Programs that don't necessarily love basketball the same way you do. Don't care about basketball as much as you do. And to see them in the tournament. And to see them be successful in the tournament. Auburn basketball won today. They won the SEC tournament. Does that not just frustrate the dog out of you, knowing that there's a program in the SEC that you're next to in Auburn that couldn't give two rips about basketball, at least near the same level they do in other sports? I mean, isn't isn't that a little bothersome and frustrating to you? I mean, the same thing with really any school in the SEC. I mean, look at Florida even. They're not on the same level. When South Carolina was doing their thing, they weren't on the same level. It's just there was never this same level of hype and prestige at these other schools that Arkansas has or at least has the potential to have. But yet these other programs are the ones that are playing in the NCAA tournament that are being mentioned in the living rooms of high-quality, high-caliber basketball players. The ones that are being able to put together not only great seasons but great tournament runs and have players be looked at and even drafted into the NBA. Other schools have that. And right now, you don't. And that's why it's so weird for Razorback fans right now to be a, to really be witnessing this. Like, has there ever been a time where you felt strong enough about Arkansas's chances in the postseason play? Has there ever been a time where you felt like, you know, Arkansas, this might be the year? Not only where they compete to make a tournament appearance, but also compete to win the SEC, where it's not a matter of if they get to the tournament. It's a matter of how far they will get into the tournament. It's been a long time. And I don't know when it'll all change. But March Madness should be fun for you, Razorback fans. March Madness should be a time where you get excited about your team, And you get excited about not only just on the first day, but on the second day, and the third day, and the fourth day, and then head into the next weekend, the second weekend, where you could look forward to that. Knowing that your program is one of the better ones, one of the elite ones, one of the ones that everyone's going to be watching for, the ones where all the national pundits are going to be picking you, the one where you stand out more. You stand out because of how good you are. You stand out by how much you develop. You stand out because you are the freaking Arkansas Razorback basketball program. You're a program that can fit 20,000 people in the arena just to watch a home game on a Saturday versus a low-level opponent in the SEC. You're that school. You're that school that had two Hall of Fame coaches, one of the nicest practice facilities in the country. You're that school. 
You're that school that has won a national championship, has been to multiple Final Fours, that has a fan base that is extremely educated, that is extremely smart when it comes to the game of basketball, and is as fiery and as passionate about their basketball program as anybody across the country when it's well-respected. When you have that respect demanded, it comes along to you and your school. Playing, coaching, and winning with a chip on your shoulder. That's what Arkansas basketball has always been. And you, you're not that right now. And the NCAA tournament was always the time where teams who have the biggest chip on their shoulders, the biggest thing to prove to the world, that's when they had their coming out party. When they were the ones that said, all right, these people aren't picking us. All right, we got this loaded of a C. All right, everybody's saying that we're eh, maybe you're not even going to make it to the second weekend. Let's show them something. Let's go up against this team that everyone's picking and let's show them something. That's what Arkansas basketball has always been about. Playing, coaching, and winning with a chip on your shoulder. Because everybody else in the world looks down upon you because... You're Arkansas. That's what's embedded into the DNA of Razorback fans. And basketball was the greatest example of that for a long time. You deserve to be excited about the NCAA tournament. You deserve to have fun at the NCAA tournament and to root for your team, the Arkansas Razorbacks, as they go through the NCAA tournament. That's what you deserve. But unfortunately, you don't have that right now. I sincerely hope it gets back to that point. I sincerely hope that one day I'll be able to do this podcast and talk about the excitement level for Razorback fans being in the NCAA tournament as a high seed where they have a legitimate chance of making it not only to the Sweet 16, but maybe even making it further than that because they have great coaching, they have great players, and they have a great, great fan base. That's what I'm hoping I can do one day. It's not happening today, but maybe one day. But enjoy NCAA March Madness, fans. Enjoy it. Find a team to root for and root for them. Don't be Debbie Downer. Don't feel down on yourself. Don't be upset and don't be frustrated that the Razorbacks aren't in there, at least for now. Enjoy it for what it is and just hope you'll be back in it someday very soon. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. And we're going to welcome in Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South to talk more about the quarterback position with Arkansas because he wrote a great article really breaking down the two newest additions for Arkansas and Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks. So let's welcome in Michael. Appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this morning, man? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime, man. And, and if I read this article, and it's really in-depth. It really jumps into the good and the bad from both quarterbacks that Arkansas has added here in this offseason. So we'll just start with this. Nick Starkle, Ben Hicks. Has Arkansas upgraded dramatically at the quarterback position considering where they were from just a year ago, in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of these moves. I mean, I don't really think there's a wrong way. I mean... Uh, you know, if you read the article that you laid out there, it's written out on Saturday Down South for anybody that hasn't seen it. You know, what I did is I went and I watched every throw, every, you know, these guys have made in their college careers. It took a little bit longer for Ben Hicks. He's played a little bit longer, but 
Um, you know, I came away with the opinion that Arkansas is going to have a higher ceiling with Nick Starkle, but if Ben Hicks is the guy, I mean, you got someone that's thrived in this system. He knows it like the back of his hand. It sounds like he's already fitting in during spring camp. So, I mean, it's a win-win situation when you look at last year's quarterbacks, not to take away from what those guys are as, as players, but, I mean, it was pretty evident a game or two into the season. They just, um, they just didn't have what it takes to play in this system. So let's start with Nick Starkle, because obviously he was the one that has experience playing at an SEC team. He was at Texas A&M. Razorback fans were pretty excited when they heard about him just because of the experience that he's had. From your film study and your breakdown, what are some of the best attributes that Nick Starkle has and what can he add to this team in this upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. The main thing that I really loved about Nick Starkle, he has incredible accuracy down the field. Now, I think people sometimes get that confused with just having a big arm and you just can just launch it down the field. That's not necessarily what Nick Starkle had, but as I watched his games time and time again, I mean, he's hitting guys in stride 35, 40 yards down the field, and he just did it time and time again. And when you look at what Arkansas had last year, you know, they have some good tight end play. They've got some promising running backs. I just think it makes all the sense of the world that if you're going to look at these two quarterbacks, Nick Starkle can really launch it down the field accurately, hit guys in stride. I think it's a perfect complement to that system. Uh, another thing, you know, he was battling out with Kellen Mond during his time at Texas A&M, particularly in 2017 season. And Kellen Mond had a long way to go as a passer. He could not get Christian Kirk the ball. As soon as Nick Starkle gets in there, I mean, he finds ways to get his playmakers the ball. I thought that was very evident. And a big thing, we we don't have a whole body of work here with Nick Starkle because he only played in about seven or eight games due to injury. But early in his career, he's not able to make some touch key throws in the red zone. It's much harder to complete passes in the red zone. You look at uh, what he finished up in his career, last couple games there at LSU and Wake Forest, he's able to hit those throws. So that told me that only in a few games span of him actually seeing the field, I mean, he's developing quite a bit. And I think uh, going in, had, had he been the quarterback last year at Texas A&M, I think he would have done a lot of big things. But now Razorbacks get to uh, get what he can now that they have Kellen Mond. So it, I, I just think it's a huge win for Arkansas. So let's go to the other side of it. Let's look at some of the negatives or some of the things that might be going against Nick Starkle and why there may be times where he struggles this year for the Razorbacks. Yeah, the biggest thing from what I've seen watching him, I mean, he has basically no ability to, I don't want to say move, because he can move in the pocket. And we actually even found a clip of Jimbo Fisher in the bowl game when they played Wake Forest, breaking down Nick Starkle and his ability to move in the pocket and how valuable that is. But what he can't do is he's not going to use his legs as a weapon. And I think that's what Chad Morris really wants out of his quarterbacks. We saw that with uh, the guy they signed, K.J. Jefferson. We obviously all know about Deshaun Watson. So he wants that type of player that can hit you with his arm and his legs. Nick Starkle is not that guy. So I still don't think they're going to be able to maximize what Chad Morris wants in that offensive system. But, you know, in addition to that, while I, I note his downfield accuracy is really impressive, I did notice that he has limited arm strength. And that was evident any time he was asked to throw a deep out pass, particularly to the other side of the hash mark. He could not complete that pass. He completed it. He actually had a couple interceptions, a couple balls that should have been interceptions whenever he did that. So 
He doesn't have an incredible arm strength, you know, uh, of just being able to whip it in across all the way around the field. So that that's an issue. But like I said, if you're able to stretch it vertically and with Arkansas's tight ends and running backs, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. And the only other thing that I saw from Nick Starkle, kind of like I said, he's got a limited resume. So we've not really seen him lead his team to victory against a quality competition, you know, lead them back in a game where they're going to be losing because, let's face it, there's probably going to be a couple of games next season where Arkansas, if they are going to win, they're going to have to come from behind to do it. And I'm not saying Nick Starkle can't do it. I'm just saying I've yet to see him do it. Speaking with Michael Bratton of Saturday Night South right now on the Morning Rush, you wrote an article breaking down both new additions at the quarterback position for the Arkansas Razorback football team. Let's go over to Ben Hicks because he's the other guy that I know Chad Morris and this staff has a lot of familiarity with. Coming from SMU where he had a lot of experience, but it is SMU, a little different from the SEC. But going through his, his film sessions, what did you really like about Ben Hicks? Well, the first thing that jumped out to me, was it, he just had a firm grasp of the offensive system, and that may seem like an obvious statement, but I'm not even talking about you know toward the end of his career. I'm talking his first game in the system, and for those that don't know, uh, he played as a redshirt freshman for Chad Morris at SMU, but that was only because their senior quarterback got hurt in the first game. I believe he was knocked out for the season, so they had to put in this redshirt freshman, and I'm talking 2016 season, first first game action, I mean, he just had a complete control of it. Uh, he was getting guys to jump off sides with the snap count. I was just very impressed with just his football IQ, if you will, particularly in that system. And, of course, you know, over several years of starting in it, that just went up uh, just by watching the film. It was evident. Uh, another big thing that Ben Hicks brings that I, that I think will be very important, particularly to Arkansas, he's a very accurate thrower on the run. And we all know Arkansas had issues on the offensive line for a couple of years now. It looks like they're finally bringing in some quality offensive linemen, but there's still going to be games, I think, where they need to play to the strengths of that unit. They may have to move the pocket around. They may need to roll out the quarterback. And if that's what they're going to ask Ben Hicks to do, based on what I've seen of him, I know he can deliver in those situations. So I think that is a big positive. And another thing, much like Nick Starkle, uh, he, ben Hicks makes great use of his weapons, and uh, I know you guys are, are familiar with this name, but I had not watched him play until I did this breakdown, but Portland Sutton, the former SMU receiver, I mean, that guy was just a man amongst boys there at SMU, and Ben Hicks found ways to get him the ball time and time again, and then one season he had another receiver, former LSU receiver Trey Quinn, got that guy the ball I think it was 114 times in one season, so he knows how to get his playmakers the ball. And, you know, with guys like Trey Knox, they're going to need a quarterback that that can do that. And I see that from Ben Hicks. Well, you mentioned that you liked Nick Starkle as far as the ceiling being a little higher with him as the quarterback position, which means that Ben Hicks probably has a couple of things that are going against him. And that's where Razorback fans have really been concerned about Ben Hicks is just because they see his stats and they saw his, his completion percentage wasn't that high through a lot of interceptions. What did you see from your film breakdown as far as Ben Hicks and some of the things that may hold him back this year? Yeah, that, I mean, that you kind of hit it there because by the end of Ben Hicks' freshman season, I was thinking, man, this is Arkansas has got something to really work with here. This guy must have an incredible ceiling. And then I watched his sophomore film, his junior film, and by the, the thing that really struck, you know, stuck out to me, by the end of his junior season, 
it looked basically the same as the end of his freshman season. And we're talking 2016, 2017, 2018. And I just didn't see much of a, a difference between that. So that's, that's kind of a red flag to me. And by the, by the end of his junior season, I know it was a different system, but he was just time and time again making all these critical mistakes that you'd expect from a freshman. Uh, you noted that there his first four interceptions last year were pick sixes. I mean, you throw a pick six in your game, I think the odds of you winning it drop about 30% on the mark. So you just can't have that at Arkansas. I don't know if he was just forcing it because they had a bad team or if the way I read it was he's just failed to progress as a passer. Uh, but maybe getting back in that Chad Moore system, maybe he'll kick that into high gear. I can't really say, but that was the big thing that struck out to me. And then much like Nick Starkle, Ben Hicks is not going to – really attack defenses with his legs. I know I said he can move around in the pocket and he can throw on the run, but for his career he's got negative 104 yards rushing. So he's another kind of a statuesque passer back there who is just not really going to factor in that part of Chad Morris's offense where he likes the quarterback to run and, and hit a defense. And then finally, he just seemed inconsistent uh, on a lot of his throws outside of 10 yards down the field. So kind of the opposite of Nick Starkle, where Ben Hicks was incredibly accurate within the line of scrimmage, you know, within the first down marker, but down the field time and time again. I mean, a lot of times he's not even giving his guys opportunities. And like I said, he's got an All-American. He's got Trey Quinn. You've got to be able to put the ball where at least these guys can attempt to make a play. And more often than not, a lot of times he's just unable to do that. Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South. Be sure to check out his article breaking down the quarterback situation with Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks. You can go to SaturdayDownSouth.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton. Really appreciate you joining us, Michael, man. Great breakdown, great stuff. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right, my man? All right, man. Take care. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.